0: This is Toronto Today on TSN 1050, the voice of Toronto sports.
1: Toronto Maple Leafs at an average annual value of $2.1 million.
2: Rock
3: slotting right, takes the shotgun staff, four-man rush, throws by the middle for Edelman, runs to the 20, slanting left right at the
2: 15, he dives to the 13-yard line with a first down for the Patriots, but he
3: rolls over, oh boy. and then he favors his right leg, if not his right foot, lifting to the far sideline. Floyd Mayweather has McGregor
2: on the ropes, literally and figuratively, how notorious That's it. Uh, Robert Byrne has stopped the fight.
0: But what a night it has been here in Las Vegas. What a weekend. Wow. Welcome to Toronto Today here on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, and on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Andy McNamara with you until 1 o'clock. Boy, we have a lot to get to. In about 10 minutes, Jason Agnew, host of Live Audio Wrestling, The Law on TSN 1050, will drop by, talk about... Uh, Mayweather-McGregor, and the spectacle that was leading up to it, and how it all played out better than I thought. Better than I thought it would go. And we'll get into what this means for the future of boxing, for Mayweather, for McGregor, and what you thought. Did you like it? Would you want a rematch? Did anything in there give you a taste for more? We'll go over that with Jason Agnew at 1110, 1130. Tons of NFL talk you heard off the top there. Julian Edelman, bye-bye. Torn ACL. He's out for the New England Patriots. What does that mean for Tom Brady and company? Well, it probably means some random guy will step up and they'll be just fine and go on and win the Super Bowl. But Edelman, that's a huge loss. One of Brady's favorite targets, uh, Brady even commented, said hey, it, it is so hard to replace Edelman because of the chemistry that they have together. Because of everything that they've, they've gone through. You have Spencer Ware. From the Kansas City Chiefs. They're starting running back. Torn PCL. So he's also gone for the year. Cameron Meredith of the Bears hurt. So with the preseason. That third and final preseason game. The dress rehearsal. Starters playing. This is where a lot of injuries happen. And can set really the, the stage and the storyline for early on in a team season. We'll talk with Zig Cassie about everything NFL. At 11.50 from Sirius XM. At 12.10, James Myrtle. Editor-in-chief. At the Athletic to will join me and hey, Connor Brown, Inked him. three-year deal uh, extension, averaging two point one million per season. Twenty goals a year ago for Connor Brown, so the Leafs locking up more of their youth and uh, the future of their core, and at a good price. Like if Connor Brown, he scores twenty goals last year, if he continues to progress, he gets between twenty and twenty-five, it's a hell of a bargain at least taking care of that you can follow us on twitter at tsn 1050 radio at andy mc81 we have a few show polls out that we'll get to lots of interaction there uh at andy mc81 on twitter at tsn 1050 radio uh producer joe Narsa behind the glass joe we were at the fantasy sports show over the weekend where i gave uh cfl and nfl fantasy football seminars great time we're both hurting a little bit though joe we're, we're both in, in some pain this, uh, this morning. My hamstrings
1: are not moving <laughs> at all. Like, I'm walking They're like, like an elastic a stick band. man. <laughs> Just
0: It looks like I'm on the shortest stilts of all time. Just, yeah, shuffling, sauntering along. Steve Eliopoulos, our tech producer, Steve Eliopoulos' his new favorite word. We were at the, the Fantasy Sports Show, and they had the NFL Combine interactive stuff. So you could run the 40-yard dash, you could do the vertical jump cone drills, they had the football so you could do target practice, which of course, immediately throw my shoulder out. Just try to zing it as fast as I could. The field goal kick, which Joe, I will give you credit for, um, not necessarily a big follow-through, but the accuracy level, you're kind of like a nice old school little pop, not a big a big extension on the leg, but you got through the uprights. Yeah, I know
1: how to get some height on the ball. You got some elevation. You, on the other hand, the ball was going straight. <laughs> you almost decked a three-year-old walking by. I know. Uh, my, my wind-up, though.
0: Like, I oh, think I listen. looked the part.
1: You looked great until you <laughs> made contact with that football, and then that poor thing went, I think, oh. an inch off the ground. But a I'm beeline. pretty sure your, your ball's vertical was higher than my <laughs> vertical jump.
0: There was, I, 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 So I kick it, and the first thing I just hear, like, a, I won't say a pop, but something in, like, the, the side of the leg, like the groin, area. I'm like, oh, God. Pulled the groin right immediately. And the 40-yard dash, I ran a sub-six, folks sub six forty five point nine nine forty yard dash. And what does that equate to if you're looking at an NFL? You'd be, I would be the equivalent to a really fat, old offensive lineman who would probably be a seventh-round pick if not undrafted. But at least my speed lends me to, to think that I belong in the show. Joe, you were a sub-seven. You'd, you'd be a practice roster guy.
1: I would be an offensive coordinator's water boy at 6.89 <laughs> seconds on a 40-yard dash. But what we did learn is fun. I think you need to hit the gym a little bit more than I do because I'm shorter than you and bigger than you, and you're a thin, slender, tall guy, yeah. and you're not that
0: fast, and you can't jump at all. 5.99. My reach is long. I had a 19-inch vertical, which I thought was good, and then they send you the, the stats and says the average male can, has a 20-inch vertical. Like, oh. I have a 15. Yeah, so you shouldn't be talking trash, bud. Never. Shouldn't be talking trash. I was lightning fast on that 40. Great time, though, at the Fantasy Sports Show down there at the International Center. Uh, saw a lot of TSN 1050 listeners and all that, so thanks to everyone for coming by, saying hello. Well, let's get into the the news of the the day here, guys. Uh, looking back on this McGregor-Mayweather fight, and again, we got several poll questions up on TSN 1050 at tsn 1050 Radio at Andy mc 81 first one being uh, would you be interested in seeing a rematch between Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor yes or no those are your options uh, I saw what I thought was a better showing from McGregor than I thought however having chatted with Riddick Bowe in studio last Friday and we saw him again at the Fantasy Sports Show we're pretty much best friends now is that safe to say Joe I think you're in there too
1: I I know that me and Riddick are really tight.
0: Except the picture we posted looked like you jumped in, and you you weren't leaning into the picture. I posted on Twitter. When you look at at the picture,
1: it looks like I'm the one there signing autographs, and I'm sick of it.
0: Yeah, you're tired of signing autographs. Riddick's
1: excited, you're excited, and I'm just like fist up, and I'm like,
0: you know what? I used to rule the world. You're at the end of the shift. I love to, whenever we're talking with Riddick, great guy to chat with, but he's like, You know what this fist could do? It's like, yes, you could probably destroy us because you've destroyed men for your living. That's what you did. You beat people up for a living and you were the best at it in the world being the undisputed champ. But Riddick Bowe said that what he was able to do or try to do at times in his career was guide the fight. And he liked it. He said he liked the, the longer fights where he got knocked around a little bit, feel like he was in it and it was a competition rather than... A quick knockout. But he said he used to try to guide the fight, position his opponent through the ring where he wanted to knock him out or or end the fight later on. And I feel that's what Floyd Mayweather did to Conor McGregor. Like McGregor was landing punches, but Floyd he was defensive. He got he got caught a couple times, but it looked like he was guiding, and it was almost like a dance. Like he was he was positioning McGregor to how he wanted, had him spend as much energy as he wanted to. And Mayweather said something fascinating I thought at the end. And said championship UFC fight, five five minute rounds. So it's twenty-five minutes for those of you not good at math. At the 25 minute mark, he said that's where we felt we could really turn up the heat and gas him out. And and have him just get exhausted. And lo and behold, at in round nine, all of a sudden McGregor's legs and hands just went. He was done. And you knew round number 10 it was going to be over. So I feel he did similar to what Riddick Bowe was saying. Like he was able to position, guide the fight as he wanted to and end it when he wanted to. And it was its incredible that you have two guys trying to beat each other up and one of them in Mayweather is trying to give the people their money's worth. Because he said that the Pacquiao fight obviously was a dud. But he was able to to extend it, I feel, so that people felt, all right, hey, we spent our 100 bucks, but it won 10 rounds. We got 10 rounds out of it. McGregor wasn't embarrassed. Boxing was able to come out on top in a boxing match. Wasn't beaten by a, a, an MMA guy. They made a ton of cash. Reports out that Floyd Mayweather will get ready right for this. $300 million from this fight. $300. Million. What a country. $300 million. Conor McGregor, you know why he was all smiles after the fight losing? Because he's getting 100 mil. Floyd Mayweather can slap me in the face for as many rounds as he likes for 100 million dollars. 100 mil for Conor McGregor. What was his biggest purse before that? One, two million? Whew. So they put on a good show. It wasn't a great fight. It wasn't a classic, but it was, it was fine. It was good. Would I want to see a rematch of it? Eh. I think I'm fine. I don't know if I'd want to go through the circus again of all the press conferences and everything. I think that, that's run its course. So that's one of our poll questions. The other one uh, is involving a Connor Brown with the Maple Leafs. Again, signed the three-year extension. How many goals will Connor Brown score this season? He had 20 last year. How many this year? And Connor Brown's going to be on overdrive today at 430, by the way. So you can tune in and listen to that. How many goals will Connor Brown get with the Leafs this season? 10 plus, 15 plus, 20 plus, or over 25? 10, 15, 20, or 25. You can vote there at TSN 1050 Radio at AndyMC81. Let's bring in now our first guest of the show, Jason Agnew, host of live audio wrestling. You can hear that Sunday nights at 11 here on TSN 1050. Jay, how's it going, buddy? Oh, wow. I'm jerking the curtain for you today. That's right. Huh? That's right. All
2: right. <laughs> the debut. The, the, uh, well, listen, I think it's... I mean, I know we're going to talk Mayweather-McGregor here, and I don't mind you getting it out of the way first, because at this point, man, it's been a long road, and we finally got there this past
0: Saturday. Oh, it is, Jay. You're right. And we put out the poll question, would you be interested in seeing a rematch, yes or no? Like, to me, like, I thought the fight exceeded expectations. Uh, Nobody embarrassed themselves, but I'm good. I don't think I need to see it again. Do you? no
2: i don't and I, and i really think that uh, this will be the end for mayweather i think that uh, even though he said it last time uh, as well I, I don't think that uh, he'll be fighting and getting 50 and 0 he beats marciano's record even though you know people are saying the you know, the McGregor win doesn't count, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, you said pleasantly surprised, and I think that's the general sentiment of everyone who watched that fight. You know, McGregor didn't go down in the first couple of rounds and showed some skill, a little bit unorthodox, and they had a fight. It gave everyone out there an excuse to get together and yep. have a party and see your friends and end the night with this cool spectacle. And...
0: uh I mean, you know what? What is anyone complaining about? Yeah, they're, they're, so what you're saying is Floyd Mayweather is bringing the world together. Money Mayweather bringing families together and making everything great in America. I I, I like that.
2: Yeah. Okay. We'll <laughs> go with that, Andy. You know, I think uh, the bigger question here is not Mayweather; it's McGregor, mm-hmm. and what does Conor do next?
0: Yeah. Like where where does he go? Because. The worst thing could have been, of course, you know, Floyd comes out first round, knocks him out, makes him look like a punk. McGregor's yes. got his his hundred mil or whatever he's getting. And now it's all right, if he returns to the UFC, like Jay, is he gonna want to go back to making whatever the you know, one two million dollar purses or, or the much lower amounts after after tasting that coin? Like where where does he go and, and what fights are left for him? Because for the UFC with John Bones Jones oh, and that man. test He's gone. Ronda Rousey ain't coming back. UFC is struggling for star power now.
2: Well, think about that. You bring up a great point there, Andy, and that's with John Jones. The next big, 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 big spectacle uh, fight that the UFC was supposed to put on was going to be next July, and it was supposed to be Brock Lesnar and John Jones. And let me tell you something. I mean, not to say that would have been as big as Mayweather McGregor, but for UFC fans and for Common fans as well, that would have piqued people's curiosity, and you would have seen, you know... Definitely over a million buys for that fight. Well, guess what? It ain't happening, thanks to John Jones continually being an idiot in his career over and over and over again. So, that's a great point. What does the UFC do now? Conor McGregor is by far their biggest draw, and he comes out of this fight a bigger star than he was going in. But does he want to drop back down to make the money he was making, which is probably about a tenth of what he made (laughs) for this particular fight? The funny thing is with Conor, he continually says he wants to fight, I think the guy just likes to get punched in the face <laughs> and fight. <laughs> and unlike guy. the Diaz brothers who just want money and, and get out of there, Connor's is one who likes this lifestyle and wants to continue on. I do think he's going to fight again. And I think there's a couple fights on the horizon for him. And one of those, of course, as I just mentioned, the Diaz brothers, and that's Nate Diaz. They're one and one as far as fights go. Those two trash talk each other about as well as Mayweather and McGregor <laughs> do. And I think that that's a definite a rematch that can happen, and there's big money there. But to me, Andy, the fight that I want to see, and that is once Joris St. Pierre finishes up with Michael Bisbing, Joris St. Pierre and Conor McGregor, that fight has so much money around oh, yeah. it. The meet at welterweight, because Georges cause saint Pierre's going up to middleweight to fight Michael Bisping. Meet at welterweight, meet at 170, and you have the legend versus the current star. You have the baby face of Georges St-Pierre who's Mr. Wholesome, Mm -hmm. Canadian guy who never says anything wrong versus the Ric Flair of (laughs) Conor McGregor out there wheeling, dealing, kiss, stealing, you know, all of that going on. And I think that there's so much money to be made with that fight. I would be so curious to see what happens. That would be
0: fascinating. And that's that's really, I think, the direction the UFC with all these... Uh, you know, with Jones and all that, and Lesnar, like, still a name draw, but quality of fight-wise, like, we saw Lesnar gas against Hunt, and if it was anybody who wasn't just a straight puncher, pretty confident he probably would have lost that one. So, you, from a quality aspect, yeah, if you get uh, McGregor and St. Pierre, now, how confident are you? We're, we're not, we haven't seen St. Pierre in the ring in, in the octagon yeah. in quite a while, that he can take out Michael Bisping.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a really good question in regards to Jerry St. Pierre coming back after, you know, more than two years away. Um, And it's a good fight for George because, you know, you have a wrestler going in there, and Michael Bisping, everyone perceives Michael Bisping as a weak champion. Maybe not a weak champion, that's a bit too harsh of a word. Perhaps a beatable champion, hmm. right? Um, because he's someone who, who has uh, severe problems with his eyes. He's basically fighting with one eye at this point, And he's someone that lost... A lot of close fights early in his career, but it's very interesting. As you saw the USADA testing came into play, Michael Bisping, who always maintained that he was a clean fighter, seemed to win a lot more fights after that. Coincidence? Hmm. Perhaps, but probably not. <laughs> um, so, you know, George is going in there as the smaller fighter, and he's also a wrestler. Now, as wrestlers get older they are very much affected more so than a puncher because it's a lot of strength. It's a lot of quickness and we'll see what George brings back to the table. But Michael Bisping is beatable. However, he is the bigger fighter. So once Mm -hmm. again, a very curious fight for UFC and it's good. They have something to look forward to in November.
0: In conversation with Jason Agnew, host of live audio wrestling here on TSN 1050. You can listen to that. Every Sunday night at 11 p.m. on Twitter at Agnew Jason. So, Jay, do you think there's any chance that Conor McGregor sees this, alright, went into the boxing world, didn't get embarrassed, looked okay, right, Look, looked pretty good, H- held his own, that he could be the next star in boxing? Like, is there any chance he stays in boxing? Because, uh, I guess, outside of the, the St. Pierre fight that we mentioned, and maybe another Diaz match, there doesn't seem like there's that much for him left in the UFC either. My question is, with boxing, uh, I honestly, I can't even name you another guy right now who's mainstream.
2: Well, you know the fight that people are talking about is Pauli Molinaggi, right? Uh, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, but it's a guy who was training with McGregor, and the ah. pictures came out about McGregor being able to knock him down, uh, and then him defending the fight. I mean, he's retired. He'd have to come out of retirement. It would be a spectacle. But at that point, uh, I think with a fight like that, McGregor stands to lose a lot, mm-hmm. because let's say he goes in there with a the big puncher and gets knocked out, whereas with Floyd, who's a very defensive fighter, he looked just fine, right? Oh. And... Yeah, I mean, it was a TKO, but he, he didn't embarrass himself. I don't think it would be wise for him to continue boxing. I think that there is a shot of him getting embarrassed in boxing. And I and uh, and I mean, there is money to be made there, of course. But I, I do think that he should get back into the octagon, and it would be better off for his career. Or just take the Dwayne Johnson route and go be in the movies.
0: Well, or, hey... I'm sure WWE like is he not tailor tailor made to be in the world wrestling entertainment? Yes, but oh. to be honest with you, there's there's no money
2: there. I mean, mm, comparatively yeah. speaking, that you know uh, he could pull in a million for for a fight, maybe or something like that. But, maybe at the end know, of his
0: career, more like maybe in you know three, four, five years when he decides he's done actually fighting, fighting, he can go and and take that route if he wants.
2: If it's something he wanted to do, but I don't necessarily know if if that's something he'd be interested in. Hmm. He's not someone like a Chael Sonnen right. who's always, you know, looked at the world of WWE or the, or Brock Lesnar, who's who's found himself in there and wanted to go back and forth. Uh, you know, he, he's uh, taunted. Uh, I believe John Cena was taunting him at one point. Enzo Amore taunts Connor, but I don't necessarily see that on the horizon. Personally, I think that he stands a lot of risk in the world of boxing, and he's so new to the sport there, so probably not the best idea for him. I see him Going back to the UFC, and I think there's big money to be made with Nick, uh, sorry, Nate Diaz, and big, big, big money to be made with GSP. But maybe I'm biased on that second one because I'm Canadian.
0: Right. I'm, I'm, no, I, I agree. I think that's that. There's your your super fight, and I hate the Diaz brothers, as as some people, unlike Conor McGregor, like I, and it's good on them. They've created the character because I would will pay money to see the Diaz brothers, either of them, get punched in the face. I hate their guts, Jay, so much, yeah. but that's
2: perfect, right? Well, they're, they're, I don't think they're creating a character, Andy. <laughs> those guys are just, just really... Just DBs. Oh, my they're gosh. They're the Diaz brothers. That's who they are. Oh. They don't bend. They don't show up at things, they're and it's worst. such a challenge for UFC to deal with them, but, you know, once you've proven to be a draw, which both of those guys have, fans want to see it, and unfortunately, Data White and friends have to deal with mm-hmm. that if they want uh, you know, the money to be made around the Diaz brothers.
0: With Floyd Mayweather now, the the fifty and zero record beats yeah. Rocky Marciano. So we had Rick Bowen studio on Friday here, Jay, and he said, um, "I said, is it tainted?" And he said, "Well, it it's not tainted in the sense because he beat Conor McGregor because it's a sanctioned fight, but it it's not a heavyweight, and to him, it doesn't really hold the same weight as if it was a heavyweight title. Is this fifty and zero record tainted for you in any any way, shape, or form?"
2: Well, I mean, I'm not a boxing uh, aficionado, so I'm not coming at it with that. I mean, right. but I mean if if the discussion is it's not a heavyweight, that's kind of a ridiculous discussion because he's never fought at heavyweight. That's not his structure. So, if if boxing purists are saying, "Well, it has to be a heavyweight that goes 15-0 to beat Marciano." Well, Mayweather was never going to get there because mm-hmm. he's just a smaller fighter. Yeah. Now, as far as the record goes and fighting Connor at the end, I mean, I personally don't care, but I come from the world of wrestling. Is it tainted to purists of boxing? Absolutely. To pick a man to beat for your 50th fight that has never boxed before? Yeah, there's a bit of taint on that. But personally, I don't care. It was entertaining. I had a great time watching. And for the spectacle of it. And listen, Andy, they created, I mean, you're a wrestling fan, they actually created a real-life so million-dollar belt. So like good. DiBiase <laughs> had uh, back in the 80s in WWE. How ridiculous oh, is
0: that? Jay, I put on, it was on, I think, Thursday or Friday show, I put it up on Twitter, I said, which belt would you rather have, the money belt or yeah. the million-dollar belt. Oh. And, and the money belt was getting some love. I'm like, but the million-dollar belt, you don't need any words on it to say it's a money belt. It was diamonds with, in the shape of dollar signs. i take the million-dollar oh, no. belt any day of the week. Oh, for sure. I would as well for the nostalgia in my childhood. is <laughs> uh,
2: all wrapped up around that. I just couldn't believe that they actually did that. It's awesome. They actually ripped a page from Ted DiBiase's so Million good. Dollar
0: Man's book. So good. You'll like this tweet, Jay, we have from at Agent00Jack uh, said about a rematch between McGregor and uh, Mayweather. says, nah, I'd rather see a rematch between The Undertaker and Mankind in a boiler room brawl.
2: Well, there. I, I, you know what? To be honest with you, knowing the shape that those two guys are in, I would would one hundred percent not want to see right. that. Mick Foley can barely walk right oh. now. The Undertaker is almost in that uh, category as well. Sadly.
0: Yeah. Is there uh, which record do you appreciate more, the Undertaker's WrestleMania streak or uh, McGregor's fifty and 0?
2: Well, well, no, sorry, Mayweather's fifty you know and <laughs> Mayweather, sorry, yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, the Undertaker lost to Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Uh, having said that, though, that be, be, was yeah, be,
0: be, like before that that run. Oh, that run was yeah, yeah. incredible. I mean, as a wrestling fan,
2: that's the only thing that meant anything in the fictional world of wrestling yeah. was, was that streak. And I'm still, as a as a wrestling fan, kind of upset that they decided to break that streak. I, I really think that Undertaker should have retired with it because it's something that we're never, ever going to see again.
0: Yeah, either that or have it so somebody gets a huge push out of it, like Lesnar didn't need it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it would have been Roman Reigns is who they mm-hmm. would have looked at beyond Lesnar. And... uh uh, Reigns beat him later on as well, but it just meant a lot less. Yeah. You know, I mean, the story behind that, for, for people that do remember that, is that was a, like a 6 p.m. decision that day at the arena by Vince McMahon deciding that, okay, Undertaker's had enough, he has to pass the torch. It's going to be to Brock Lesnar, because that's who he's fighting, and we have programs with Brock Lesnar to come. I question it to this day. I questioned it that day. Uh, that sometimes the surprise, for the sake of a surprise in professional wrestling, is the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. And even if fans know the outcome. That's the outcome they wanted to see. Fans have the nostalgia of growing up with The Undertaker, and he's such a beloved character. I mean, consider that. It's a gimmick of a man that is undead, or he's already dead. Yeah. I don't even know what it is, but <laughs> it just worked so well. It became timeless, and I really do think that's unfortunate that they opted to beat him at WrestleMania, and that streak did not survive.
0: Alright buddy, great stuff Thanks for jumping on And uh, people can catch you 11pm this Sunday For Live Audio Wrestling Here on TSN 1050 You bet, thanks Andy By the way, you think Strowman's going to get By the Red Sox tonight? Oh, <laughs> that's another poll question Does anyone care about The Jays anymore? I'm going to say I no I still do, I'm going You're going? Man, I've been to 11 games This year Good and I'm 10-1 10-1 Oh, well, you know what I didn't know that record So I'm going to say yes, yes. now yes. The Agnew Factor The Agnew Factor With the <laughs> Strow Show Unstoppable tonight With those Sox <laughs> Perfect. All right. Enjoy the game. That is Jason Agnew, host of Live Audio Wrestling. He's going to the Jays game. Have you want to put money down, he's 10-1 and 1 with Marcus uh, Marcus Stroman on the hill. We'll talk a little Jays later on as well. Uh, Jason Agnew, host of Live Audio Wrestling, talking about Mayweather, McGregor, and uh, all things uh, mixed martial arts as well. Where do the two sports go from here? We're going to take the break, talk some NFL on the other side. My buddy, Zigford Cassie, Sirius XM NFL radio host, joins me next on Toronto Today. To the show, this is Toronto Today on TSN 1050, tsn 1050.c and on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Andy McNamara with you until 1 o'clock. Still to come in the show after 12, we'll chat with James Myrtle, editor-in-chief at The Athletic T.O. about the Maple Leafs season coming up. It's right around the corner, folks. It's right here. Re-signing Connor Brown to a three-year extension worth an average of $2.1 million per season. He had 20 goals last year. So one of our Twitter poll questions today, at TSN 1050 Radio, at mc 81 is how many goals will Connor Brown score this season? 10-plus, 15-plus, 20-plus, or 25-plus? So far, 15-plus is leading the way at 44%. 20-plus uh, is at 35 and second, and then we have 10-plus at 11, last place 25-plus. But let's chat first about the National Football League, the season coming up very soon, next Thursday actually, starts up between the Patriots and the Chiefs, talk about that, my buddy, from Sirius XM NFL Radio, Zig for Cassie on the line, Zig, how's it going bud?
3: Andy, I'm doing very well, it's always a pleasure to be with you, and uh, just thinking of those folks down in Houston, and yeah. the, uh, the Gulf States region, it's real tough time for them right now, so, I've been watching that for about the last 48 hours, so... You know, football—it's all exciting and all that, but kind of keeping an eye on the real life too, if you know what I mean. Yeah,
0: no, no, no doubt. And thoughts and prayers with everybody in Houston. There, JJ uh, Watt making a um, hundred thousand uh, or donated a hundred thousand dollars to an online fundraiser uh, that he started uh, on Sunday to help out with with everything there. And, so, and,
3: and not to interrupt, you, Andy, but they raised like two hundred grand in wow. like less than two hours. Really? And I think That's he was great. starting to amp that up once again. And here's a guy. You know, we always hear about the negatives and guys getting suspended, and you got the Ezekiel Elliott thing going on this week. But here's J.J. Watt, you know, who, a self-made superstar, came from a great family, has a great awareness for not only his community, but overall mankind doing a lot of philanthropic things. Here he is doing this, and all of a sudden they raise all this great money for a great cause because uh, the suffering is just... Starting down there in Houston in the southeast, there. So um, that's why JJ Watt is what he is—not only a great f- football player, but a great humanitarian.
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And um, hopefully everything gets settled uh, down there in Houston. Uh, but when we look at the the news of actual football here, Zig Julian Edelman with uh, with yeah. Tom Brady ACL gone, Brady, uh, pretty shaken up over. It, you know, obviously they're they're great friends, but mm-hmm. the chemistry there. Yep. I, at first, say I thought oh, maybe this will affect the Patriots, but do we not know better by now? There'll be some guy, Joe Smith IV, and he'll come up and <laughs> go for a thousand yards, and it won't matter.
3: Well, you know, we we were discussing this on the show on the weekend, and you know, it may be a little bit uh, convenient to say that because, as we know, you know, Tom Brady, uh, he'll develop an, into a good, you know, r- rapport with uh, maybe Malcolm Mitchell or one of the other guys. We saw him hitting passes with Chris Hogan the other day against the Lions. So, but to d- summarily dismiss Edelman, I think is kind of dangerous mm-hmm. because Julian was really a go-to guy for him. And then, especially when Gronk went down last season, you know, Edelman became really that, um, that security blanket. So I think a lot of it's going to be contingent on, you know, can Dola stay healthy? Right. Uh, Chris Hogan, is he, you know, just the one-trick pony or is, he going to be the next Edelman type player is Gronk going to stay healthy. So Brandon Cook's in the
0: conversation, of course.
3: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, here's a guy again who worked his ass up. I mean, he was a a quarterback at Kent state. Mm -hmm. He had to basically learn a new position and what over the last seven, eight years, the most productive receiver in the game. So uh, again, this is going to be a loss, but, Again, with the Patriots, they usually find a way. And uh, for Tom Brady, he'll find a way. I have, I have faith in number 12.
0: Yeah. And I'm wondering too, Zig, about the second tight end brought in behind Grank and Dwayne Allen this year as, as another option that might get more attention now. Because Belichick loves using the two tight end system, right? And if yeah. Gronk goes down or even if he's healthy and now with Edelman, it, we could see maybe some more production and, and Allen being an under-the-radar signing that really produces for this team.
3: Yeah, here's a guy who was starting to emerge with the Colts, but then I think when uh, Jack Doyle, uh, the kid out of Western Kentucky, mm-hmm. really became a go-to target for Andrew Luck, it almost became uh, obsolete for Dwayne Allen. So here's the Patriots picking up this guy. And to be honest, Andy, he struggled a little bit during camp. There were a couple of instances where you know, he was struggling with the drops, and then I think after practices, he and Brady were working together. It seems as though that's been rectified a little bit, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, they they tried to fix, you know, Dwayne Allen here. They couldn't do that with Coney Ealy, and here's a guy with three sacks in the Super Bowl two years ago. Now nobody wanted to trade for him, so the Patriots waived him, and then the Jets picked him up yesterday. So, you know, just because they all go to New England, they all don't... Stick, if you know what I mean. So, you know, hopefully Allen does what Coney Ely couldn't with the New England Patriots.
0: In conversation with Zig Fricassi from Sirius XM NFL Radio on Twitter, at Zig Fricassi. Uh, it wouldn't be a a football show this time of the year, Zig, without a Colin Kaepernick question coming up. And, uh, oh, boy. <laughs> the, the Jacksonville Jaguars owner said a few days ago, hey, if uh, the front office and coaching staff wants him, I would be fine with Kaepernick in. Uh, nothing has happened as of yet. We know right. how... Boy, it's Blake Bortles quote won, in quotations won the starting job, but really it was more of a who was the least terrible. Uh, does Kaepernick? Does Kaepernick <laughs> it's true. make sense? It's true. Like, does Kaepernick make sense to uh, from from just a, a football or style side of things in Jacksonville?
3: Oh, wow. I'm not sure that he does. I mean, you know, you look at the situation there, and Chad Henney had his opportunity sure. there to to win the starting job, but he didn't look very good against Carolina. Neither did, you know, neither did uh, Blake Bortles, for that matter. How the third-string quarterback, Allen, I think's his name, he's been the best quarterback on the team throughout, the, throughout training camp. But uh, apparently, you know, Doug Marone doesn't want to subject him to You know, the rigors just yet. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure with with Tom Coughlin, an old school, old rigid type guy, Mm -hmm. Andy, if he wants, never mind the distraction part of it, with Kaepernick, you know, and here's what people tend not to see. You know, yes, he's been outspoken and he's doing a lot of wonderful things and all that, but from a football standpoint, Harbaugh got the best out of him in San Francisco, utilizing the facets of that pistol offense that Kaepernick ran at Nevada, Reno, which is why he got that attention there. Nobody's running that offense, per se, in the National Football League. So it's got to be a system fit. Mm -hmm. And with Coughlin, again, being the old-school, rigid type, I I just don't see it. By the way... Uh, There were quite a few people that attended the rally for Kaepernick outside the NFL offices this past week in New York City.
0: And, Zig, that confuses me. Like, all right, I I see some people think he's not being treated fairly, not having a job, but the league can't tell a team that they have to sign him. Absolutely not. Like, why are they outside the league? What do you want Roger Goodell to do? right? Like, I, I don't I don't see the logic in, in having people stand outside the league office saying, sign Kaepernick. What's Goodell going to do? Bring him in as a PR guy? Like, come on.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think they're just trying to make, you know, the commissioner aware that, you know, this is a, a talented player that deserves to be in the league, but again, it goes down to, you know, we all know that there's going to be the facet of the social stances and what he's done. And by the way, he's raised a ton of money yep. for charities. And you know, I, and I, th- th- this kid's been quite misunderstood from the time all this started, by the way. But again, from a football standpoint, where does he fit in? And right. just ask yourself a logical question like that, and then you'll really have to struggle to think hard, where does he belong?
0: Uh, Yeah, and Zig, I think that's a terrific point you brought up about the system, the pistol offense, because this isn't a plug-and-play pocket passer guy that you can slide into most systems. You'd have to completely... Rethink your, your playbook or, or set plays for him. And then if something happens to him, you got to go back the other way. Like it's, I, I, I liken it to, to what the Browns had with Robert Griffin the third last year. Totally different quarterback. He goes down. Well, then you have, uh, Josh McCallum behind him. Pocket guy. All right. Well, now it's a totally different offense. Then Cody Kessler behind him, a rookie. You can't keep having completely different styles. Otherwise, you're going to end up with records that the Jaguars fans are used to.
3: Absolutely. And speaking of your Browns there, Kaiser yeah. on a roll. I, I would love to see that headline throughout the season. <laughs> I and I and I'm a Notre Dame guy, so I'm, oh, I'm a little biased towards this. But I I honestly hope that that kid makes it because I got a bet with one of the guys in my newsroom in New York. So if I win, then I get free steak at Del Frisco. Ooh. So that's why I'm I'm rooting big time for Deshaun Kaiser. And you know, again, he he didn't overwhelm me the other day against the Buccaneers, but boy, the kid's got a good arm and. I think all but one of his completions, Andy, were on third down. Yep. So when we're you're, you're the making the clutch passes, sometimes the actual numbers get a little bit skewed. But uh, gosh, I hope it turns out for him because it's only been, what, 25, 26 quarterbacks? Cool. Since the Browns have been reincarnated.
0: He'll be the
3: 27th. 27- oh, I, I the missed The
0: 27th one, starter. <laughs> 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 I, but you're you're right, Zig, and the, the numbers don't tell the full story. If someone looks at the stat line they think he had a terrible game. Not true because he had, there was a drive that was uh, two drives that were started within his own three-yard line. Uh, He was victim of a fumble. There was a tip. There were a couple drop passes, but he's able each series it seems like he's getting it more and he's very cerebral and he's able to improve and progress as this preseason has gone on, which is something that Osweiler or Kessler or anybody else have not been able to do. And and, Zig, I think out of a young quarterback, that's what you want. You want to see growth and you want to see progress and you're getting that out of kaiser
3: well and, and you know hugh jackson's a guy who's had this reputation of working with you know some good quarterbacks through the years back to andy dalton even before then you know with joe flacco the, yeah exactly so he's he's had you know a reputation of being a good quarterback developer and you know kaiser's used to play in you know big games and all that at notre dame and be quite honest with you, I'm not sure we're expecting much out of them this year, but you might, this may be the perfect situation for them to go with the young quarterback. So that's why I'm uh, hoping the Cleveland Browns get things in order with Deshaun Kaiser.
0: As do I, sir. I'll be down there at the home opener against the Steelers to, oh, to nice. see him. So uh, I hope Miles Garrett sacks Ben Rothisberger and I see some Kaiser touchdowns. I'd be a happy man.
3: There you go, and then you can <laughs> hang out at the flats afterwards.
0: Oh, flats are beautiful. Uh, Zig, we, we could talk We could talk Cleveland stuff all day, but uh, our Toronto audience probably wouldn't appreciate it. Uh, always always love the time with you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. Be good. All right. Zig for Cassie. Sirius XM NFL radio host on Twitter. At Zig for Cassie. Zig's always a beauty. You listen to his uh, shows, yeah. Sirius XM and, uh, on Twitter. Bit of a hockey guy, too some good hockey takes the zig still to come to the show at twelve ten. james myrtle editor-in-chief at the athletic to will join me we'll talk about the connor brown signing the extension three years 2.1 mil average per season and uh, we'll talk some blue jays we'll get into our poll questions and uh, hear some sound from mayweather and mcgregor the super fight that was this past weekend a lot more coming up on toronto today Back to Toronto today on TSN 1050. I'm Andy McNamara with you until one o'clock. James Murdoch coming up at 12:10, talking some Maple Leafs. Connor Brown, he'll be a Leaf for at least the next three seasons, extended by three years. 20 goals a year ago. What's in store for him this year? We'll also talk some Blue Jays, and we'll here at the top of the hour. The Cavs-Celtics trade, Kyrie Irving for Isaiah Thomas and the pieces around that, not so fast. Might not actually be done yet. Cleveland, uh, there's rumors they might be wanting more out of Boston for the deal because of the health of Isaiah Thomas. That's why all trades are subject to, to medicals. Right? And we're going to hear sound from Adrian uh about what this might mean, what else could happen, because to me, you you got to get this deal done. If you're the Celtics and the Cavs, you have to work this out together. There's no way either of these players are going to go back to their own teams. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, by all accounts, was devastated just beside himself that the Celtics would trade him, did not see it coming. Kyrie Irving openly wanted out of Cleveland. You can't have them go back to play with, with their teams and reports out, too, that Kyrie said if Cleveland doesn't trade him, he just won't go to camp. He'll just sit out and take the fines as they come. And then if they don't make the deal and still try to move them, well, every other team in the league knows that you're at a disadvantage. So they'll try to fleece you. So really, there's no other choice in my mind between the Cavs and the Celtics to have to figure out a way to get this done. You just gotta figure it out. Whether that's a, another draft pick to Cleveland or whatever the case might be, based on Thomas's hip injury. Uh, but that's that's going to be a very interesting story to follow. A uh, couple of our polls here at TSN 1050 Radio on Twitter at AndyMC81. Done the Connor Brown one. How many goals do you think he's going to score? We've done, are you interested in seeing a Mayweather-McGregor rematch? That's a 73% no. And then we have a Blue Jays one as well, which is, at this point in the season, what is your level of interest in the Jays? Still high, Love the Jays, or little interest. They're not winning, or no interest. Season is done. We'll see you next year. You can vote there at TSN 1050 Radio at Andy MC81. Uh, real quick uh, before we go to break, uh, Joe Narsa with the Mayweather McGregor poll question. I said I'm good. I don't need a rematch. Do you need a rematch? Do you need to see another one of these?
1: I'm more interested in a rematch than I am than I was in this fight. Really? Yeah, because I did not expect a 10-round fight where in the first three, three-and-a-half rounds, yeah. my buddies were looking at me saying, right now, Conor McGregor is winning this fight.
0: You, and we saw on, this, on the scorecards.
1: So for me, what and I understand McGregor has had issues with his longevity, even in the UFC. But <laughs> if he has a year, six months... To train for a second fight, maybe come down, not be as heavy
0: because he was pretty bulky. He was, he was up on him. But then you're going to have Floyd Mayweather, if he wants to do this and risk his 50-0 record. Right now, tainted or not, he is, he's the all-time, right? It's an all-time record. We'll get more into that uh, at the top of the hour and uh, later on as we head to 1 o'clock. James Myrtle coming at 1210 from the Athletic TO to talk some Maple Leafs. A lot more coming up on Toronto today.